Before we get into today's episode, I want to give you an exclusive invite to this year's Wedding Pro CEO Summit. This year's event will take place June 3rd through 6th in Austin, Texas, and it's the first time that we've taken the Wedding Pro CEO Summit on the road. If you're a wedding business owner looking to take your business to the next level, you need to be in this room. Tickets are now open for the most anticipated event of the year, where some of the best educators inside and outside the wedding industry will gather under one roof. At the Wedding Pro CEO Summit, you'll have access to exclusive workshops, small group discussions, and keynote presentations from the brightest minds in the business. You'll learn how to optimize your marketing, streamline your operations, scale your revenue, and so much more. The Wedding Pro CEO Summit is not just about the education. You'll also join in an authentic community of driven CEOs who will build you up and hold you accountable to reaching your biggest goals. So get ready for unforgettable conversations, delicious food, and plenty of late night chats with your new business besties. Trust me, CEOs, this is an event you don't want to miss. Head over to brandygar.com slash summit for more details and to grab your ticket. Space is limited and this event is coming up in just three months, so you do not want to miss your opportunity to grab your ticket. Join us at the Wedding Pro CEO Summit 2024 and become the unstoppable force in the wedding industry that you've always aspired to be. I'm like a data over feelings person because feelings can really lead us in a direction that can be very, they're important. I'm not saying you don't have your feelings, but when you're basing goals, you really want to look at numbers. And so we really encourage our clients to bring us their revenue numbers, any data. And if they don't know how to do that, we help them to do that. So that's number one. Hey there, CEOs. Welcome to the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast. My name is Brandi Gar, and my mission is to help you, the wedding industry entrepreneur, to build a profitable wedding business that you love. My guest today is Carrie Flynn, and Carrie is a fractional CMO. And I am so excited for you guys to hear from Carrie about how she helps her clients to create a 90-day plan for their business so that you're not constantly flying by the seat of your pants when it comes to marketing your business, and making sure that you're bringing in enough money to your business through your marketing every single month. This is such an exciting episode, you guys, and I really think that you're going to take away a few great nuggets to help you create a 90-day plan of your own. So I cannot wait for you to tune in to this episode with my guest, Carrie Flynn. Hey, Carrie, I am so excited to have you on the show today and to talk all about marketing and scaling, which are two of my favorite topics. So welcome to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. My favorite topic. Yes, this is going to be so good. Okay, so Carrie, you are the owner of Virtual Simplicity, which is fractional marketing. So you do marketing for service-based businesses. Correct. Yeah, I'm a fractional CMO. And I'm also a consultant. So I do consulting, which basically that means you come alongside as like a guide or facilitator and work with the business. Or when I'm a fractional CMO, I actually come in and oversee the marketing and the people involved. So it's more implementation-based and more of an overseer role. Very cool. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how you got into that because I find that to be, I always think, Founding stories are fascinating anyway, but to be a fractional CMO is, okay, wait a second. Tell us how you got into this. I'd love to know. Oh, it's fascinating. I don't have a business degree. Like I actually was a public school teacher for 15 years. I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, so that's where I taught. 
for about 15 years and started my business 2017. So six years ago, when my youngest daughter was like six months old. So I had an eight and a six month old at the time. And honestly, I only started it because I was looking to bring in revenue, like extra <laughs> revenue at the time to our home. I started more on the operations side. I was a virtual assistant and an integrator, but I worked with a lot of service-based businesses, a lot of consultants and coaches, and just naturally attracted service businesses like doctors and therapists and event planners, all these different types of service businesses. And really all of them were growing and launching things. And then we transitioned naturally into more of the marketing side, probably right as COVID was coming. We moved into launching, overseeing launches and doing the tactical, practical buildups of launches. If you've ever launched anything online, there's a lot of like tactical funnel building assets. And then there's a lot of like planning and strategy and oversight, but eventually moved myself even more into what I do now, which it was a very like natural growth transition for me because I did a lot of strategy with clients for launching. And so it just made sense to pull myself out even more. And now I look at the bigger picture of growth for all marketing projects and not just launches specifically. And that happened about probably a year and a half ago. So very slow kind of transition to where I am now. I love that because in the beginning, sometimes you really don't, like you said, know exactly what mm -hmm. you're building. Mm -hmm. You're just like, I have a skill set and I'm going to use it. And now yep. you have such a unique business that I think is so necessary in our industry. So trying to figure out how to scale, right? And that's really what mm -hmm. you're in business for, to grow your business, to scale your business. Tell us a little bit more about that scaling piece. Like I know that you call it a legacy business, right? Which I love. I love that yeah. term, building a legacy business. What does that look like? So there's like phases of your business. There's a growing phase, but there's a point where it shifts a little bit and you go into scaling. And that's where one of my past business coaches used to call that phase very like dark night of the soulish, where you start to reckon with like, how did I get here? Often what worked for you to get you to that point may like plateau and it's not quite working the same. And you may are, you may be very heavily involved in the day to day or weeds and you're starting to wish you didn't have to be involved in that, but you're not quite sure how to get out of overseeing all the marketing stuff by yourself. And mm -hmm. so you may have a small team, but you're still doing all the growth. You're responsible for the vision. You're responsible for all the things like make the business grow basically when you're at that point. And that's a hard place to be. And so you start to sometimes question like, why did I do this? Do I, what, what do I want to do moving forward? And so a legacy business is really about helping people to one, get themselves where they would like to be in the business out of the day-to-day -day as much as they would like to be, help them mm -hmm. to get into the place of a visionary or CEO. That's what they would like. And then help them to figure out how to grow and scale themselves to a place where it's not reliant on them. Mm -hmm. So a legacy business that can outlive you. And that is what we try to help them do. So we help them figure out like, what does success look like for you for the next phase? What's your revenue goals for the next phase? What do you want to be doing? What do you need to be doing? And all of that can come with marketing. Like it does fall into the marketing side and some of it can fall on the upside too, but we do try to help them set those goals. Yeah, you're right. There's so much that really is focused on marketing because to get to that next stage of business, you've got to bring that business in, right? And that really hinges on marketing. Of course, there's operational things that go along with that. But talking about marketing, let's talk a little bit about what that looks like to kind of scale to that next stage of business, what are the things that you have to do in your marketing plan to be able to do that? 
Number one, you need a plan. So sometimes people will come to us and they don't really sit down every 90 days or every quarter and they're not really creating any sort of plan. They're just like moving forward, which your business is busy and I get that. Like you're just not really planning. They might have like a strategic plan operationally, but they're not really focused on growth strategies at this point, maybe, that they're actually writing down. Or they have too many. They have a bajillion growth strategies that they want to do. And they're like trying to stuff it all in until a 90-day period, which is a lot. So there's a lot of maybe throwing spaghetti at the wall happening and just hoping something works out. So that's number one. Like you must absolutely sit down and every 90 days focus on one particular growth goal. That's the best opportunity. In order to figure that out, you have to look at lots of different factors, but one would be what's working really well, what's not working so well. How can we put our energy towards what's working well? You know, and like what are the some things we've done in the past? We look at all the numbers. I'm like a data over feelings person because feelings can really lead us in a direction that can be very They're important. I'm not saying don't have your feelings, but when you're basing goals, you really want to look at numbers. And so we really encourage our clients to bring us their revenue numbers, any data. And if they don't know how to do that, we help them to do that. So that's number one. You got to know your numbers and you got to plan for growth. Very important. That's number one. And then I would say number two, after you do that, is you got to look at really focusing It's so easy to have a long list of goals. It's so easy to get distracted at this stage by your peers in a mastermind (laughs) you're in or a coaching program giving you like what's working for them. There's so many things that can distract you. And if you try to do too many things or start doing a bunch of new things, Mm -hmm. it can actually hinder your growth at this stage. New ideas can be dangerous, actually, which is not to say... Again, I'm not trying to be a wet blanket here, not to say new ideas are bad. It's just we have to focus on the best opportunity and prioritize at this stage. So what we typically do with clients is we work a lot in Asana because most of our clients have Asana, but in some place we have like a kind of like an ideas board or something. Like one of my clients calls it the parking lot. She puts everything that she wants to do that she thinks would be great to have and we prioritize them by quarter. And then maybe would be nice to have, but we never actually make it to. And that's important because if we try to do too many things at once, you just end up spinning and you actually get nothing done or you just keep doing this. And you want to be able to chip away. Like the goal is to move forward and sustainably and not to do like blast through because you'll burn out. Just slow incremental growth. And that is actually what will help you scale in the long term, in my opinion. Yeah, this is so good. Okay, so when you were talking about understanding your numbers, we talk about that on this show a lot. Knowing your numbers, like data mm-hmm. data tells you so much. And it is yeah. really using facts over emotions, like you said. Are mm-hmm. there particular numbers that you want your clients to go find before you start working with them that some of our listeners can maybe go look at their own numbers to to see where they are with some of these? Yeah. So one of the things we look at is just their like revenue. Like okay. what's your monthly yeah. revenue, like gross revenue? What's your net take home? Okay. I'm not an accountant or bookkeeper, but it's always good to know like what your profit take home is, like your percentage. That's always good. And if you don't know that, look at how much yeah. revenue came in, how much were our expenses, how much did I pay myself? 
And all of that comes out. And then what's left over is your profit, right? So knowing that's important. And sometimes we can be a little bit scared to look at that, but it's just rip the Band-Aid off. That's important. (laughs) Another thing we ask the clients to tell us to pull for us is their best performing offers or services or whatever they are currently selling, whether it's a service or it's like a digital product, whatever they have, what's your best performing offers? What was your highest revenue month in the last 12 months? What were you selling? Second highest, what were you selling? Third highest. We try to go to the top three months of the last six to 12 months. What were the best performing offers of those months? That gives me a little insight into what's working well. And then we do ask them to show us like data about if they have any sales pages or any other digital offers that they might have. Depends on the business. So when somebody starts with me, there's a lot of questions about numbers. And I'm like, hey, it's going to take you a while to pull these. So don't freak out. (laughs) But it's so important, right? Because otherwise, you're working from data that is driven by usually their emotion. And Mm -hmm. I think Sometimes people have their eyes completely open to their own business when you're forced to go find these numbers. Have you seen that happen with your clients before? Yeah. Some of them are really into numbers, but for the most part, they are not 100% looking at everything all the time. Like They might be looking at the revenue, but they might not be looking at some of this other stuff. Like I'm asking them to look a little bit deeper than maybe just, hey, I made $20,000 this month or $50,000 this month, but I'm asking, like, well, what did you do? Yeah. Give me real specifics and things like that. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said that you like to know what their highest performing offer was because mm-hmm. you're right. It's not just about, well, how much did you make? But a lot of times we're focusing our marketing efforts on the wrong offers. Would you say that's something that you guys are looking at as a marketing team? Yeah, it makes a difference. If somebody is putting a lot of effort into, I worked with somebody recently and she was, I think she's a doctor and she had a ton of courses, but her highest performing service was her one-to-one business. So let's put the effort on getting that dialed in. That should be number one. Like, how can we increase the revenue here without you having to do a ton more work? Let's look at that. That's a huge opportunity. And there were lots of little opportunities to catch people that maybe were missing follow-up strategies that weren't being done, which is a big one with service businesses. They don't do that or they don't do it enough. It's a big opportunity. But there's just little things you can look at after you start to see what the best performing offer is. You can start to look for ways to help them increase revenue. And a really simple thing, it doesn't have to be like, massive overhaul. It can be small little changes that can actually increase your revenue pretty substantially, but it's really sustainable. Yes, absolutely. And so talk to me a little bit about marketing strategies. Like what are some of the marketing strategies that you use or that you encourage your clients to use that really helps them to be unique in their marketplace? Like how do you pull that into their marketing? There's four buckets of marketing right now that are pretty popular. I would say the paid traffic is one, organic socials one, relationship marketing, and what we call search marketing. So number one, it's important to know your own business. So there's no one blanket answer. You got to know your people. If you don't know like your target ideal client, especially as a service person, go through and break down all the dirty details about the good, the bad, the ugly that their person struggles with. If they can't ascertain that, then we're doing it again. That's number one. But once you have all that figured out, so let's say you know your people really well, you have your strategy and all that good stuff, we can start to look at like opportunities. Maybe you have a really great handle on Facebook or maybe your social media is pretty good, but 
all your eggs are in the Facebook ads basket, that's dangerous. If all of your marketing is in one area, that can be a little dangerous because like we have seen some shifts and you don't own any of it. Just so you guys know, like anything you put out into the ether, you don't own on Facebook. Like that's theirs and they can change their ads at any time, which they did two years ago. And it affected a lot of businesses. So one of the things I try to encourage people is about getting people from awareness to engagement, getting people on an email list, which is what you do own. That's so key. Not just educating, but we want to get them engaged, get them onto your list as much as possible. And try to diversify into some longer form contents. Like social media is awesome, but that is not marketing. It's a bucket of marketing. So if you think Facebook or Instagram is marketing, that's just a teeny tiny, it's not the only thing. There's so many other ways that people just don't think about. I really encourage service businesses in particular. So if you're like a wedding professional, like networking, relationship marketing, being in those spaces, using your relationships, things like being on podcasts are excellent ways to build your business. And it's super low cost and it's not hard at all. And then look at search. Like having a podcast is a type of search marketing, a YouTube channel, writing a blog, investing in Google and SEO. Like all of these things are great ways to get people into your business. People like brides and grooms, if they're looking up stuff, Having that is amazing because people are searching for the best wedding professional all the time. So that's another opportunity that you can look at. Again, but it's about looking for the best opportunity for your business where you are today, not a shiny object. So just given thoughts. (laughs) Don't decide you must go start a podcast tomorrow. Not necessarily. They're all an investment of time and money aside from relationship marketing. That's free. But still your time. I will say I'm glad that you talked about relationship marketing, though, because in the wedding industry, I genuinely think relationship marketing is our number one way to market our businesses. You're so often location-based. And honestly, Mm -hmm. even when you're not, my coaching business isn't location-based, but relationship marketing is still the number one way that I've grown through my podcast, through Clubhouse, Instagram. Those are all building relationships. And I think it's so massively important. It's overlooked so often. It is. And it's like follow-ups. It's a simple thing that you can start, but people just don't think of it as marketing, but it is a marketing strategy. And there's so many interesting things that fall into relationship marketing mm-hmm. besides like networking. And there's a lot of digital online opportunities. So if you are someone who maybe has children, like my husband travels a lot, I can't get to in-person events as easily. Yeah. So I do use a lot of like strategies in a digital way. And there's ways to do it, even if you're introverted. It's just about building relationships and having some sort of strategy. Yeah. For it to help you grow your business or scale your business. Yes. Okay. For the people that are out there listening and they're like, okay, I don't have a marketing plan at all. I don't even really know where to start with one. Would you, what mm-hmm. would you say to, <laughs> to somebody who came to you and said, we just, we are throwing spaghetti at a wall? What, if they mm-hmm. were trying to do on their own for now, what would you tell them to start with? Look at all your numbers. Look at the best performings. What are their overall KPIs? What are the goals that they want for the next mm-hmm. 90 days? Is, that a, okay. is there a revenue goal they're hoping to achieve? Is there a certain number of clients or what have you that they're hoping to bring in by the end of the 90 days? We ask them to create a couple of goals, maybe two to three, something that's trackable and try to stick to something that's realistic for 90 days. So you wouldn't want to set a million dollar goal 
if that's not realistic based on your past numbers. Because what will happen is one, you won't hit it. And two, then you'll be disappointed and go, oh, this doesn't work. No, your goal wasn't in line with your past numbers. So it's something that's realistic that you can achieve. After we set those kind of bigger picture goals, we look at some opportunities and strategic initiatives. So we look for like three to four best growth opportunities to help us hit those KPIs. And then we write them down. And then we look for like three to four strategic initiatives that are the tactical things that we need to do that relate to those opportunities. We're going to real specific. Here's our opportunities. Here's the things that we're going to do to help us get there. And then I break it down by month. Okay. And then by week, it's all focused on kind of one thing we're hoping to do, like one big picture goal we're hoping to do. Yeah. Whatever the best opportunity is for them is where we focus the goal. Okay. So really the beginning and the end of it is like, you need a plan at the end of the day, right? You need to know what is working and what is not working. And then you need to set goals, set goals for where you want to be, let's say in 90 days. And then you need to create mm-hmm. a plan to hit those goals. And then you move on to the next step. Yep. Let's just chunk off 90 days at a time. And then at the end of those 90 days, you go back and you reevaluate. So you set the plan, right? Mm-hmm. And then you execute it. And then you evaluate and look back and go, what worked? What didn't work? Do we need to move something forward? You know, so that helps you to create the next 90-day plan. And there may be some things that work and it's not going to be perfect. You might mess something up or something might go sideways and you do need to reevaluate it. So it's important to know that it's not going to be perfect every time because that's just how life is and how business is. So you may yep. have to reevaluate, sometimes reassess and maybe make some adjustments for the next one. And that's okay too. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, Carrie, this was so helpful for our listeners. I appreciate it so much. Tell us where we can go learn more about you and what you guys do. So our website is virtualsimplicity.co. Okay. So my Instagram is virtualsimplicity. And then my name is Carrie Flynn. So you can just find me on LinkedIn as Carrie Flynn and I pop right up. Awesome. Carrie, thank you so much for this episode. I really appreciate all your tips. And you guys go check Carrie out. Say hi. Tell her you heard her on the Wedding Pro CEO podcast. And Carrie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey there, Wedding Pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a Wedding Pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other Wedding Pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed Pro to Confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24-7, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later, working with her, it's just been life-changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation, and it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do, and that is what the CEO Accelerated Group has helped and taught me to do. 
Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do and we can talk about it, think through it and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing and if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.